Good morning from Los Angeles. Now, are you on L.A. time, and did I haul your butt out of bed at the squeaky clean hour of 6? Well, it is 6.12, according to my computer. Yes, you did. But I was awake anyway because, A, I couldn't sleep, and, B, somebody called me uh, on my cell phone just a few minutes ago. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. What are you doing in L.A.? I am here on a uh, a mission for a super-secret online music project that I cannot speak about. Is this something the Bilderberg Group is doing? uh, Close, but I can tell you that I have several NDAs that uh, would get me sued up the yin-yang if I explained what I was doing here. Hey, speaking of getting sued up the yin-yang, we should do the disclaimer. Oh, yes, okay. (laughs) You go ahead and do it. Now, I should point out that uh, what's happening here is that uh, we usually do this on Monday mornings at 9.15 Eastern Time. I am in Los Angeles, so it is uh, 6.15 Pacific Time. Um, so if I sound a little bit, what's the word? Um, How can you possibly be tired? You left yesterday. You don't have jet lag yet. No, but it's six in the morning and I couldn't fall asleep until after uh, after two. <laughs> You're getting old on me. Uh, you know, I, yeah, it is. It is. Hang on here. I'll just open this up here. I'm paying through the nose for internet access. And you know what I'm going to do is just in a second here, I'm going to do a uh, speed test, see what we got going on. Anyway, the views expressed on Geeks and Beats are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of their employers. Um, And in this particular case, I do have an employer, or at least I have a contracted employer. Yes, with an NDA that prevents you from telling us what it is you're doing, Mr. Bond. Yes, that's exactly it. I'm just curious here. Um, Okay, continue on. I'm just going to do a quick speed test to see exactly how how good we are here at the Residence Inn on uh, South Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles. And actually, Beverly Hills. From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, simulcast on shortwave radio and Citizens Band 14, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Featuring musical guests, Keeping track of your favorite bands on social media? There's an app for consolidating all that. And the app most used in Canada for streaming music keeps on growing. Songs and now boasts almost 5 million listeners, and one in four of them are in the Great White North. In space, no one can hear you singing along to Radiohead. We'll look at the upcoming flick Gravity and how Sandra Bullock prepared to be hung up on a string. What if you could see music? There's a new pair of headphones designed to immerse you in a whole new world of audio. And when killing your fans is acceptable, a one band turned to video games to get their name out. Plus, a GMB listener asks Alan how much a band can make in royalties from a classic album. Yeah, you won't believe how much Ringo Starr made for doing so little. Crews have begun to remove the wrecked cruise ship Costa Concordia. You flew down there to L.A., which I suppose is the safer way to go. I, I wouldn't trust boats ever. I've been on a couple of cruises, uh, and they've been okay. But uh, I- I'm not a cruising person, so I don't really care. Yeah, I'm not a cruising person either. I-, I-, I can't get around it. And on top of that, I don't have a fear of dying in a plane crash. I have a fear of... Of drowning more than anything else. And uh, after the whole Costa Concordia thing revealed that this is actually fairly common for a, a lot of these uh, captains to show off for attractive young women uh, who board their ship, I, I, I was just thinking, bullet dodged. Yeah, probably. I was on a cruise through the Adriatic, what was it, two years ago? From Venice all the way down to Dubrovnik and back. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, 
it was fine. They applied 6,000 tons of force to pull the crippled vessel up off that reef, and the undersea cameras proved that. And they figure that it's going to take 10 to 12 hours of initial winching just to try to get the ship in a position where they can start filling these massive containers they bolted to the side that isn't underwater. Those giant containers, as they fill with water, will help right the ship. They've done this sort of thing before, but never on a ship of this size. Why are you so fascinated by this? Because this is this is that slow motion train wreck sort of thing, but on the sea. It's it's exactly what I'm scared to death of happening on a cruise ship that I'm on. Uh, and so to, to watch this take place over time is just fascinating to me. And when I say take place over time, this happened in January of 2012. Have you seen one of these cruise ships? They, they, they're, they're rather large, and then when you're on something as environmentally sensitive and as um, engineeringly complicated as a, as a offshore reef, I mean, it's going to take some time because you have to unload everything. You got to make sure all the fuel is off. You got to make sure that uh, first of all, the, the logistics and this sort of thing takes a while to plan. Um, what would have taken a long time is the, uh, the maritime investigation. And then the lawsuits, the investigations that would, are going to come in a, with the lawsuits. So, yeah. Cruise ships are just a horrific way to go. I, did you know that the uh, Princess Pacific cruise ship, the, the one that was the love boat, recently killed two people? How did it kill two people? Love. Exciting and come aboard. We're expecting you. They're in the process of dismantling it, and part of it came down on these uh, two guys who were helping dismantle it, and it crushed them to death. I'm telling you, cruise ships are dangerous. I'm not a cruise ship person. You're not a cruise ship person. So uh, let's just agree never to go on cruises again. You found an app that helps uh, find all your favorite artists' social media feeds. Yeah, this is kind of cool. This is called Avicii? Oh, no, no. Avicii is, no, no, no. Avicii is, is, is a DJ. Oh, okay. So I'm yeah, looking yeah. at a screen capture here for, I guess, the Twitter feed of Avicii. The app is called Seen This. It's S W E N T H dot I S. So Seen This. Because I guess Seen This dot com was already taken, so they had to go to Italy or something. Where is I S? Let's just see here. Let's look it up. Okay. I'll race you. Uh, internet. Uh, internet domain. It is. That'd be Iceland. IS is Iceland? IS is Iceland. IT is Italy. JE is Jersey. My ultimate dream is to move to Jersey, find a nice, juiced, hot, tan guy, and live my life. Oh, the Jersey Islands. Yes. Oh, by the way, I'm uh, doing six up and six down here wirelessly at the Residence Inn. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> and now you're so up to date. Your friend, uh, Amber MacArthur, who uh, on App Central and, and, and does other stuff with you on VNN, um, she told me once at, at a party at your house that the first thing that she or her husband do upon checking in a hotel is they do an internet speed test and then email each other. Hey, guess what? I'm getting, you know, 14 up and 4 down. That's a nerdy way to uh, bond with your spouse, don't you think? 
It it sure is. So I'm I'm bonding with you. Uh, six up, six down here at the residence end. Fantastic. Anyway, uh, seeing this is this app that um, sort of combines all the different social media feeds into one app. I know that this is really annoying. If you have a favorite band, you you have to find their Instagram feed. You got to find their Facebook feed. You got to find their Twitter feed. Maybe they're on Google Plus. Maybe they're on Pinterest. Maybe you know wherever else. So you have to have all these individual feeds if you want to keep track of what's going on with your favorite band. Uh, seeing this uh, apparently um, condenses all this into, into one app and makes it very easy. So if there's something posted on SoundCloud, uh, you'll have it right away just by looking at this app. I think it's a really good idea because there are some bands, well, actually there are a lot of bands that I follow on a professional basis, and it's, 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 I miss so much simply because they choose to post something on a social network that I just don't happen to be looking at at the time. There are three main features. You've got the artist feed, the fan feed, and then the real-time updates in the live feed. But the company apparently has a plan to make this your second screen experience for concerts and uh, things like that, which, of course, you know, we're already using these smartphones as second screens. We're at the concert anyway, except we're filming the concerts. I think it has some potential. In fact, I may have to show this to a couple of people that I cannot identify by name or occupation. Oh, see, now you're just taunting us. Well, I, I'm sorry. Sorry, that's, that's. Are we going to eventually find out what this top secret Los Angeles trip will will create? Are, are you working with the A team? Is that what it is? In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A team. That's uh, the NSA. They already knew that. Yeah, I know. Meantime, you asked us generically on our uh, Geeks and Beats Twitter feed this week, do you use Songza? Here's another thing that I'm not necessarily able to talk about, but who do we have on from Songza? We had uh, Eric Davich, who uh, handles the Canadian division of Songza, and pointed out that a million people downloaded Songza in the first six weeks. Yeah, so uh, Songza continues to grow, and... Um... You said that it's quietly become one of the most used streaming music services in Canada. Yes. And that Forbes has an interview with the uh, CEP. What is the CEP? Chief Executive... Playa? Uh... No. Yo, my Is that supposed to be an O? That's a typo. Yes, sorry, CEO, Elias Roman. Yes. All right. So anyway, I, uh, I just found this article, uh, and I thought it would be kind of cool to post it, uh, because so many Canadians use Songza. And uh, if you look a little further down in this, in this article that he did with Forbes, he says that they serve 4.7 million users per month. Uh, what's interesting is that there's a million users in Canada. So 25% of their entire installed user base is basically Canadian. They're only, Canada's the only other major market they've got, mind you. But still. But that's pretty you know, significant. Well, it, it, it is. And I know, and again, I can't talk about this, but I know for a fact that Songs of Canada has some very, very aggressive expansion plans. See, I've had a couple of meetings with streaming music services over the past weeks, and we were talking about how penetration of this thing into the Canadian market is, is really low. I mean, we have RDO, we have Slacker, we have Deezer, we have Songza, um, there's, a, there's a Zeke, there's a, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. But uh, awareness and usage in Canada compared to the United States with 
Pandora and Spotify and to uh, Europe, which is a huge Spotify territory, is, is, is kind of low. So um, what everybody in the streaming music business who is working in Canada is happier than hell to have as many streaming services in this country as possible right now just to get awareness all of this while we don't have iRadio from Apple coming to Canada anytime soon. But you know what's been released, uh, and uh, this is the release date on the morning of the big show going to air, is uh, iOS 7. Are you going to load up the iOS 7 on your uh, iPhone? Yeah, I'm going to see what kind of update it gets me here in the U.S. I'm going to hook to a Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm not going to roam. <laughs> I'm not going to roam an iOS update. Uh, but I'll hook it to the uh, six up, six down Wi-Fi here at the Residence Inn and see exactly what I can, uh, if I can install it. I will buy a 5S. I've decided really? that. Well, yeah. Don't you have a 5 already? 3S, a 4, a 4S, and a 5. Oh, so you're just looking to maintain the consistency of hey, it's being my job. built by Apple. I, it's it's my job. I have to I have to use this stuff. People keep so, asking me, should I get the, the 5S? And my response is, is if you've got a 5, forget about it. If you've got a 4S, maybe, but probably forget about it. If you've got anything below a 4S, absolutely upgrade to it. But the thing doesn't have uh, RFID, and it doesn't have NFC either. So you're not getting those wireless technologies like you can't find your house keys and you can use your iPhone to find them, or you want to pay for your uh, Starbucks uh, by waving your phone at the barista. You can't do that yet. We talked about it last week. Until the, these two key technologies uh, enter the iPhone, there's really not much of a point in upgrading. For the regular person, absolutely. But again, this is my job, so I have to have these things. And I think I'll probably go for the gold one. You said you weren't going to go for the gold one because it doesn't matter what one you have because uh, you've got a case. Now you're telling well, me that you're going to go Saudi oil prints on me? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go uh, Chinese oligarch. <laughs> Cut the cord and go to geeksandbeats.com anytime. You'll get the latest episode and links to the stories the boys are talking about geeksandbeats.com also available on 8-track and cassette Sandra Bullock meantime apparently used Radiohead to get into the right headspace for her performance in Gravity I am so looking forward to this movie two reasons why I'm looking forward to it. Number one, Sandra Bullock, I've always had a soft spot for her. Number two, I like George Clooney. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, a righteous dude. This movie, while it's, it's obviously a space story, they don't have sound. They don't have explosions. In space, it's quiet. No one can hear you scream. I like that. Yeah, I'm with you. It's 90 minutes. Oh, so you get in, you get out. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the problems with going to movies these days, at least for me, is that movies are too long. I haven't got two and a half hours for a film. I just don't care. But if you give me a really tight, taut story that is uh, told with the proper science, 
I am all over it. I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, wifey is uh, the kind of person who won't go see a movie if it's longer than 90 minutes and uh, we go for dinner first because she's worried about falling asleep during the film. One of these people who, after you've bought the popcorn, after the lineup, you get into the theater, you sit down, you sit through all of the commercials, and just as the uh, opening begins, she leans over and without fail, she'll say, What are we watching again? Yeah. Oh no. I uh, I I've lost interest in in going to uh, movies and theaters. I mean, I've got you know a home theater system at home, and I don't need to see anything opening weekend unless it's really big. I will make exceptions for certain films. I will make an exception for Gravity. And the reason we're talking about Gravity is because Sarah Bullock has spent a lot of time in um, that Vomit Comet, that uh, aircraft that that simulates uh, weightless conditions, and hanging from a bunch of different wires in front of a green screen. And one of the things that she did to get into the headspace for being this marooned astronaut is uh, listening to Radiohead. Any particular tracks come to mind? I didn't see any. I I went through the article, I went through the interview, and she didn't mention anything. But uh, What would you uh, recommend? Oh, for being weightless? For being weightless and listening to Radiohead. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Probably something like everything in, in its right place, which is really kind of spooky. Maybe for an action section, I would use uh, Body Snatchers. And, you know, you could always throw in a little bit of Paranoid Android. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, that would work for me. I'm not a fan of Sandra Bullock. I find her far too whiny. Whiny? Really? Were you being ironic there? No, I wasn't, actually. I just caught myself. Sorry. (sighs) Meantime, a Canadian indie band has created a video game where you have to fight off your crazed fans until they're all dead. I like this. I ran into this band. Uh, They are called... Cobra Hawks. I ran into them at uh, the KoiCon conference, which was a music event back in Kitchener. And, you know, being Kitchener, which is a bit of a technology hub, okay, it's a very big technology hub, um, a lot of people who are in the music and uh, into music are, are also into tech. So this band called Cobra Hub um, created this, this free promo game where you have to, well, their music plays in the background and... Uh, you have to defend the stage from crazy fans who are trying to kidnap and kill the band. And as each member is killed off, that person's part in the song, maybe the guitarist, the bass player, the drums, vocals, whatever, it's subtracted from the mix. And uh, the whole idea is, is this being the music industry, the longer that you can defend the band on the stage, the more cash you can earn. I like it. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's uh, game.thecobrahawks.com. And if you need a time suck for, for today, uh, give it a shot. It's well done, Canadian indie band. Well done. I love how realistic it is, too, as well. If you kill off the bass player, you don't even notice the song change. <laughs> yeah, okay. Never thought about it in those terms, but okay, fine. You found an interesting new set of headphones? These are interesting. They augment reality. We'll post the demo in the show notes. You know, you use a, a service like like Yelp or some, some other augmented reality-enabled service. Uh, you can see certain things with your phone. But what if you had a set of headphones that uh, could do the same sort of thing with audio? Welcome to the Ninja Warrior game. Look right. Move forward. Kick low. Look left. Punch. Look right. For example, behind you. I was involved. Um, I'm still involved in a traveling museum exhibit called "The Science of Rock and Roll," 
And any kind of museum exhibit usually requires some kind of audio tour. And one of the things that we were looking for is a high-tech audio tour. Usually you have to carry around these wands and you stick them in your ear when you get to um, a certain point in the exhibit. That seemed to be a little bit clunky. We tried something with an app that you would download and, and use with your, uh, your, your handheld device, and that didn't really work because the location awareness wasn't exactly where it needed to be. But one of these headphones would be really cool for using in, in a museum exhibit because it would be, it would enhance the reality of the immediate surroundings. September 2nd to September 5th, 1807. They could shoot up to 10 cannonballs. Thousands and thousands. You put these things on, and as you wander through the exhibit, you end up hearing different things. Not just necessarily a narrative of, of what you're seeing, but you could get different things blasting through your head. So let's say you're, you're at the uh, Science of Rock and Roll and you come up to the guitar exhibit, you would get a, a story of, of some guitars going through your head with audio that would uh, come at you from essentially 360 degrees, giving you a, a greater experience. So I can see that these things could be used in a variety of uh, applications, including the museum thing. This sounds like a condition that some people have. Synesthesia, isn't that what it's called? Where you can see sounds? Funny, you know, over the last year and a half, I've run into a number of people who have this, this condition. It's a blurring of the senses where people perceive sound in other ways. Now, we hear sound, but other people can see sound like a, you know, a C would have a, would be a, would be green or an F sharp would be yellow or something. I sat with a woman in BC last year and she tried to explain to me how she perceived sound. She couldn't do it. She just thought that everybody could see up. Of course, it's, it's an F sharp. It's yellow. It's, why do I have to explain that? Apparently, Billy Joel has uh, synesthesia. Apparently, they first discovered uh, synesthesia in the late 19th century, and it wasn't until maybe the mid-20th century that it had basically been rediscovered by modern researchers. Dr. Oliver Sacks, the guy who was behind uh, Awakenings, and he's done a, a whole bunch of books, like the, the Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat and a whole bunch of other things, other books. Yeah, he, he's been fascinated with synesthesia. It's an interesting cross-wiring of the brain on some level because it involves senses and because it involves the blurring of the senses scientists are fascinated by what this does to people's perceptions of, of sound. And that brings us to Ask Alan Anything. Hi, this is uh, Darren Scott from Calgary, Alberta. What's the deal with royalties and how much revenue do some of these classic older albums actually generate? I'm just curious. Uh, I realize it would vary, but what do albums like The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, U2's War, Nirvana's Nevermind uh, generate? I'd like to just know a range. Like, how much do these albums actually generate in today's market uh, for something like that? I just always found that interesting, and it's something you don't know if they're making money or if they're not, but uh, I'd love to know. Thanks, Alan. Look forward to hearing the answer. That depends on the individual deals the artists have with their record labels and their publishers. For example, Sgt. Pepper's, Paul McCartney does not own any of the music from Sgt. Pepper's. That was all lost to him during a very weird set of circumstances with the Beatles and, and everybody else with a, a publishing company called Northern Songs. So the money there goes to uh, Sony, who took the catalog from Michael Jackson, who was the owner. U2, on the other hand, they own all of their masters. So they make a lot of money, or at least the maximum amount of money, 
from their back catalog. Uh, and, and, and what would an album like War bring in today? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, back in the pre-Napster days, if you had an, a classic album, you could probably expect to make, um, it would probably sell a million or two, co- a million or, or two million a year, depending on what was happening with the band. For example, the Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill, sold between two and three million copies before every, every single year before, the, uh, before Napster came along. The Doors, most of the Doors albums would sell one or two million copies. So are every- they getting like a penny each? No, again, it depends on the original deal. So, uh, and, and these deals are renegotiated time and time again. So it's, it's hard to say. But let me put it another way. Even with the Beatles and their Northern Song situation, Ringo Starr, who sang exactly two songs for the Beatles, Yellow Submarine and Octopus's Garden, even he, back in the pre-Napster days, could be guaranteed $2 million a year from those two songs. Wow. If you've got a question for Alan, uh, call 323-319-NERD, and uh, we'll uh, get it into the big show. London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update. We have a new co-producer. Ah, thank you. Yes, Dan Lynch is our uh, latest co-producer on the world's most popular podcast uh, from Uxbridge, uh, Ontario. He listens to the show uh, while uh, uh, stroking his miniature schnauzer named Abby and enjoying a nice nip of Jameson's by its side. Oh, so he's a contractor. He does kitchens and cabinets. Well, you just got some cabinets from the Home Depot. No, no. We you, you, did, with... you ended up not getting them? You know how it is, right? The conversation began, oh, let's just go to Ikea and get some cheap cabinets to put up on the wall in the laundry room, which morphed into, you know, we should really match the kitchen, which morphed into, hey, I really like this finish, which morphed into, hey, you know what, if we just did this, which morphed into, we could also do this too, and uh, the whole thing ended up uh, just north of $5,000, so no. Yeah, two words, budget creep. Oh, it was just, so So the answer to this is is is, is a big no. Yeah. But... Dan, do you do uh, do you do basements? I have to move my office from uh, my upstairs. What's what's uh, what's a bedroom? I, I need a I need a basement. Uh, I need a basement office, and uh, I'm just scared at how much it's going to cost. Well, you know, he might cut you a deal, considering he's such a big fan of CFNY. And as soon as he Don't. sees that uh, wall-to-wall music library you've got in the basement from the original uh, CFNY music library, he you might just be able to pay him in vinyl. Uh, you know what? Dan, we should talk. There you go. So give us a shout back. And Dan, thank you again uh, for your contribution uh, to the big show. Uh, we much appreciate it. If uh, you would like to uh, join us as well, go to geeksandbeats.com. There's the co-producer link right up there. You can even use it on your resume. Now, I don't think Dan, Dan's going to want to use it on his resume. I don't know what value being a co-producer would be to a contractor. But regardless, we will back you up if somebody calls to confirm your resume. Yes, that would be fine. We also, this week, got a uh, shout-out uh, from Steph, happy that we were back. She says, I know it was a short hiatus, but I missed you guys. Perfect addition to my morning cup of tea. Oh, very good. Yes. Also, when we uh, relaunched the season, season two, we had a technical glitch right out of the gate. And Brian, who has the handle Sleemans, I don't know if this is the beer guy or this is just a guy whose last name also happens to be Sleeman and uses the logo. Sidebar, Brian, 
you're cruising for a bruising with the legal department or it's Lehman's if that's the case. He says he couldn't get any new podcasts on his Android phone. None of the new episodes would come up. He found a solution. I suggested he re-input the RSS feed Earl into his um, uh, app. That didn't work. He tried a different app completely fine. It worked perfectly. So if you two are having a problem getting the big show on your smartphone, uh, blow out your app, reinstall your app. It should be completely fine. If you don't want to do that, try just doing it with the RSS feed, Earl. I, I, you know what? I'm looking at Brian's uh, Twitter feed here. I mean, he's got the handle at Sleemans. I know. And the logo. But if you look at his Twitter feed, it doesn't seem to be very beer-oriented. Uh, so that, that's why I'm thinking his last name might be Sleeman. And he somehow managed to weasel his way into the Sleeman handle on Twitter and is probably getting uh, cease and desist letters from the beer company as we speak. Yeah, it's not verified by Twitter, yes. Ian, meantime, had uh, tweeted uh, in to us, Ian Conway, uh, question, uh, saying that we question the value of the cut copy promo. You just spent how many minutes of your podcast discussing the band? That's the return. I had yeah. pointed out why put six billboards in the middle of nowhere all in six different corners of the earth where you could only hear the song if you were standing next to the billboard on your smartphone. Yeah, you know what? And then two hours, literally two hours after we finished discussing this, they released it online. And it is just terrible. <laughs> you don't like it? Oh, my God. It is the worst Euro trash synth pop I could possibly imagine. And they're Australian. Yes. So you liked I, it? I, I don't mind it. Ugh. Sounds like something I would have done in the 80s. Well, see, this is the problem. Uh, a lot of stuff, there's plenty of stuff coming out right now that does sound like it belongs in 1983 or 1984. In fact, I was listening to something uh, on the plane on the way down here. And I'm thinking, I've heard this all before, and I heard it in the Miami Vice era. Exactly. You'd expect Tubbs to be pulling out his uh, sawed-off shotgun at any point during the song. And those twee synthesizer bands, but anyway. Meantime, you uh, tweeted, More Isolated Freddy. Our response to the uh, isolated track segment has been just remarkable. Oh, I love this. In fact, I had a very long conversation with somebody about this the other day. Um, it was, he's a bass player. And uh, one of the things I posted on my site was uh, the rhythm section of uh, John Paul Jones and John Bonham doing Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Holy crap. And then I also found uh, Getty Lee and Neil Peart doing, I think it was, it was a track from the Signals album. So there's no Alec Lifeson and there's no vocals. And you just hear... Uh, Getty and, and, and Neil playing together. Uh, I love this stuff. I'm just addicted to it because it's a great way to, to, to deconstruct a song into its constituent parts and the stuff that you get to hear is just amazing. Uh, you get to hear how, how good these people really are. And, um, you know, I've never been a, a huge Freddie Mercury fan, but if you listen to his isolated vocals, you realize exactly what an amazing singer he was. Yeah, GME listener uh, Don Campbell pointed out that uh, because of our uh, conversation about this exact topic, he blew away a fair portion of his day just going through all of these that he found on YouTube. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it, it's a rat hole. You'll, you'll, you could be there for a very long time. Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes, and watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code three two three three nineteen nerd. Follow the stories on Twitter or Facebook and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com. Thank you.
The Geeks and Beats podcast would like to thank the National Science Foundation. Inside my heart is breaking, my makeup may be flaking, but my smile still stays on.